welcome everybody. My name is Pat Bryan. I'm Performance Director and Co-Founder here at Spokes and you are listening to Bespoke to the Cycling and Triathlon Training Podcast. Uh, I have got back as guest host today uh, our Spokes very own strength and conditioning expert who's also moonlights with uh, British Cycling and has done some crazy stuff with some uh, other high profile um, clubs and teams and individuals which uh, uh, I'll let him go over in a moment. Uh, his name is Scott Pearson. Um, you might recognise him from some of our previous uh, podcast episodes if you've uh, not listened to those definitely go back and uh, and check those out. We've got a couple that are uh, absolutely incredible. One about getting started in strength and conditioning training for endurance athletes with some great tips and uh, real handy advice on how to implement that around your already busy routine. And then our second one was about injury prevention and uh, how important strength and conditioning can be to ensuring that uh, you don't get any injuries. Scott, how are you doing, my friend? I'm cold, to be honest. I don't, I don't have the pleasure of living in your um, beautiful part of the world. It's cold and wet and rainy and horrible here where I am. So uh, other than that, I'm all right. Thanks for asking. Good stuff. And uh, just uh, just so you know, that, um, or reconfirm, probably, I'm sure you're aware, uh, you do adapt to the heat as much as you do to training. And I'm sat here and it's uh, I've got a, a long sleeve t-shirt, a hoodie, and I've got trousers on. Uh, as well and it does it yeah it will be 20 degrees today as well that, and I don't know why but that does feel cold sometimes um spoilt <laughs> is probably the best word to describe me um and uh, Scott so let's give our listeners uh, especially the ones who may be picking up and hearing you for the first time exactly who you are uh yeah so my name's Scott Pearson I um I work alongside you guys at Spokes but um day to day I run my own company called Fast Fit Strong um, and that provides online strength training for cyclists and triathletes. And, you know, I, I work with people on their own. I, I kind of work alongside other coaches like yourselves, um, triathlon cycling coaches to support athletes with the aim to prevent injury and boost performance. So, yeah, I've been, I've been working as a, as a strength and conditioning coach for well, since 2003, full-time in professional sport. The majority of that time has probably been in rugby union, so... Um, yes, until about 12, 2015, so 12 years or so working in professional rugby union. Um, was lucky enough to be with Sail Sharks when we won the um, Guinness Premiership in 2006 and the, the European Challenge Cup the year before that. Um, and then, you know, worked at other rugby clubs, uh, spent a little bit of time working in Premier League football at Stoke City and then moved on from there to, to British Cycling um, in what year would it have been? Yeah, 2015. So, um, was lucky enough again to go, to um, be involved with preparing athletes for Rio. Um, worked with some of the, the, the kind of main cyclists that you would have heard of, and then I headed up the the Paralympic program. So if you're aware of any of the Paralympic GB athletes, then I would have coached them through through Rio. Um, so that's that's me in a in a nutshell. Fantastic. And uh, a rather large nutshell, Scott. It's uh, an impressive <laughs> nutshell. <laughs> um, and uh, listeners, we're going to be talking today, and you probably guessed this from the, the title, but core training for endurance athletes. And we're going to take you through a little journey, which uh, first of all defines core because that's often misunderstood or, uh, or, or uh, some some sort of myths around that and uh, and give you some ideas about what that looks like in terms of a core training routine and how long the sessions might 
might last, uh, whether you need a gym access, uh, and then uh, uh, maybe give you some top tips at the end. Um, we're also going to finish with a, a challenge. Now, for our regular listeners, you'll know that we've uh, we've been uh, implementing or uh, challenging you to uh, to do these uh, uh, these things in lines with our podcast, and we've got a great one that Scott has come up with, and uh, you could do this on your own uh, at home or please feel free to join us in our Facebook group, which is uh, called Spokes Performance Training Advice, where we'll be doing it as a, a, as a group, uh, as a community. So um, let's just jump straight in, Scott. And can you tell us what actually is the core uh, and what muscles make that up? Well, I think like you sort of said when you were talking there, it's, it's one of those things that strength and conditioning or physical training tends to mystify things and um, a lot of the terms that people kind of band about like strength and conditioning itself uh, we discussed a couple of podcasts ago that it kind of gets misunderstood misused um, and yeah so it's, it becomes like one of those things that every, everyone calls everything the core you know and um, I've seen things you know where people are kind of doing silly sort of circus type tricks with the balancing on things and they call that core you see you know these like military style um, boot camp beast things where people are getting, you know, a kicking like and uh, holding a plank for as long as they can. They call that the core. You know, six pack classes in in gyms. They call that the core. And in my opinion, it's not it's not what core is. Um, so the way I would define your core is um, it's basically anything on your body that doesn't involve your arms or your legs or your head. So that kind of quadrant, if you like, from from your shoulders all the way down to your hips is in inverted columns your core um, and how you train that depends on what you want to do with it um, so the main roles of the core are really to, to protect to protect your spine so things like doing sit-ups for example have been shown to actually injure your spine if you do them repeatedly um, there's, there's a well-known guy called uh, Stuart McGill really, really kind of well-known in the strength and conditioning world he uh, has written a book called, you know, his, his area of specialities on like lower back pain and um, the, the method, the method to injure your back is to is to repeatedly flex and extend it like you would do in a sit-up. Um, and if you had rotation in it as well, it makes it even worse. So, you know, I can leave like kind of crunching sit-ups where you're twisting around, particularly, potentially, particularly bad for your back. Um, so, you know, when, when we're talking about the, the role of the core being to, to prevent spinal injury, to prevent injury full stop. That's the opposite of what we're saying. Uh, and the secondary kind of aim of, of the core is to provide a transfer of power across your body. So if you if you think of most actions, you know, sporting actions, but sort of general day-to-day actions, they involve a diagonal movement pattern. Um, so if we, if we take cycling as an example, you might drive on a pedal with your right foot but you'll also pull on the handlebar with your left hand. So like this opposing diagonal pattern, and that transfers through many, many sports. You know, a boxer will plant his right foot and throw his left hand. A tennis player, the same. A basketball player, do the same to do a shot. Um, runners, you know, will, will drive with the left arm as they plant the right foot, etc., etc. So being able to stabilize and transfer the power in this diagonal pattern is the key to having a, an effective core training or a core stability core strength um, and the way you, i train that is to work in three all three planes of movement to so work in a sagittal plane a frontal plane and a rotational plane 
Um, and once you've got the basics down, you can create hybrid exercises and do more than one thing at a time. But I would recommend concentrating on the basics to begin with. It's important to kind of know as well that people who do, say, like Pilates, for example, for core training, they'll work one sort of particular aspect of the core, like the deeper, um, the deeper muscles of the core. We talk about muscles like um, your transabs, your multifidus. Um, but from a strength and conditioning point of view, we also want to consider the, the higher load, the higher end core, um, and they can be trained or can be utilized through you know, higher load exercises like squats, deadlifts, etc., etc. So, yeah, it's multifaceted. It's quite complicated potentially, um, but it's also really, really quite important. Absolutely, and it's very yeah. interesting to hear that about the the setups and. Um, uh, I, I, that that kind of injury risk to to your back because that i mean that's a it's almost yeah. been like a gold standard isn't it sit up challenges for yeah um and uh and that's it's so so listeners uh put the sit-ups down if you're if you're doing <laughs> if you're doing those so things. yeah hopefully we'll talk about some of the kind of alternatives that you can do um as we go through our challenge at the end and things like that but i'll just keep keep talking but, absolutely um, scott i wanted to maybe if we could explore a little bit and give us some detail on the three uh planes that you were talking about because I, I think there'll be a few listeners out there that won't be too sure what you really mean by that yeah well basically we're talking basically um front and back side to side and twisting all right so all movements are one or a combination of those three uh, movement planes um so you know sports that we're typically involved with are sagittal plane the, the front and back um, so a lot of cyclists a lot of runners a lot of triathletes tend to be pretty good in that um, in that plane but when you take them away from that they're not so good and it's stability in all three of those planes that's going to make you a robust efficient powerful injury free athlete if we did a sit-up, for example, that would be that sagittal play and that forwards-backwards movement. Um, so I said a, a sit-up isn't great. The, the go-to that most people go to, um, the go-to that people go to uh, after that is is the plank. Uh, quite a well-known exercise. I personally believe the plank's not a great exercise, especially for beginners, um, because it has the potential to injure your back. But we can go through that again uh, in a second. The other one is what I call anti-lateral flexion or, or the, the frontal plane one side to side. So uh, a side plank is actually pretty good for that, working that movement. So you're working like the obliques and the deeper muscles underneath that. Um, also the muscles like your glute medius part of your hips. So to hold your shoulder down and hold it in place, you're working around your shoulder girdle to stabilize that, all that kind of area. Um, and you can progress or regress it as need be by bending and straightening your legs. Um, and the final one is a, an anti, a rotational or, or transverse plane exercise. And my favorite one there is an exercise called the Paloff Press. I think I mentioned it um, in one of the earlier podcasts and on the Facebook Live that I did. That is basically kind of, you start by kneeling perpendicular to a, like a band or a cable and, and, and extend your arms out. So the cable or band wants to sort of make you twist and rotate. And you, you're using your core and your shoulders and your hips to resist that rotation resisting the twist absolutely thank you for that explanation and uh 
that makes complete sense to me and I, i'm sure the listeners will understand that too and i mean if not listeners we'll have scott in our in our facebook groups where you could do we'll do a q a with him and, and we can raise this subject but for, for the people who just don't buy into doing anything off of the bike or i mean if we're a triathlete as well we might be incredibly busy and in trying to fit this in how, how important is this kind of training to endurance athletes well, based on what I said before, so its primary role is to prevent you getting injured, particularly your back, your spine. So with that in mind, it's pretty important. Um, it's, it's kind of secondary role is to provide an, like an effective and an efficient transfer of power. So if you have a, a, a weak or like a jelly core, <laughs> you're in the risk of getting injured and you're leaking energy potentially every time you, you, you pedal or do a stroke or put your foot on the floor in a run. Um, so you're wasting energy potentially. And the longer your race or the more intense that you're pushing that, the more important that becomes. Um, so, you know, if we uh, kind of jotted down here some things. So if, if we look at a cyclist, for example, um, a lot of cyclists tend to have like what we call an excessive spinal flexion that they have a rounded back. Um, which leads to, you know, it's not great for your spine anyway. So if you can have a, a stronger core and better hip mobility, um, you put yourself in a better position to start with, you're less likely to get injured. A lot of riders, when they get tired, they start to kind of, you can, you can see if you're behind someone and they can all that bums kind of waggling from side to side. Um, so that's the energy leaking out and they're, they're putting all that kind of force that's going through the body is kind of manifesting itself in your mid and lower back it's twisting and putting all that pressure and rotation through the discs instead of being transferred through your body you know from the handlebar to the pedal um and the other aspect of it for a cyclist is to kind of as again as you get tired you tend to sort of slouch on the handlebars um takes you out of an aero position it's bad for your posture bad for your shoulder so good quality um core routine stroke strength routine will kind of um eliminate all three of those things fantastic um excellent and i guess that this isn't just for we talked a lot about cyclists but uh, i i guess uh, runners will benefit from this too right big yeah big time so uh, you know the the same principles apply um posture in particular so you know posture of your shoulders kind of opening out your chest really really important it helps in the short term to help to aid your breathing and aid your arm action so you become again even more efficient um every time your foot strikes on the floor if you don't have a strong enough hip and kind of uh, trunk in that that part there you can collapse through your hip into what's called a trendelenburg so one hip kind of collapses that ripples downstream so you run the risk of getting knee injuries ankle injuries and again it's just inefficient you're leaking energy out so yeah the other thing was cyclists and triathletes and runners all all typically have what's called a, a, an anterior pelvic tilt which kind of means that their their pelvis tilts forwards so that they're um they kind of sort of stick your belly out like like uh, stick your belly out and stick your bum out if you know what i mean um so you, be, because of a weak core because of weak glutes because of tight hip flexors tight lower back so Good core training combined with good strength training combined with good mobility work all help to kind of alleviate that, bring your pelvis back underneath, um, make it more efficient, as I keep saying, make you uh, less prone to injury. And it's just sort of less pain day to day. 
Fantastic. Well, always a, a win-win there, uh, completely. Yeah, yeah. And um, one of the things uh, that probably is going to be most interested for our listeners is uh, just how often we, we should tra- train our core. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, what, what I typically do, I mean, I normally do um, some kind of core training within a, within a, you know, a run-of-the-mill general sort of strength training session. Um, tend to pair them up with upper body movements. Uh, and then, as I said earlier on, as the people kind of get a bit more used to it, get the general fundamental techniques down, you can almost sometimes integrate the upper body exercise to be a core exercise because they become quite hybrid. There's a great exercise called the landmine press, which I, I really, really like. So it's, you know, it's upper body kind of uh, pushing exercise with one arm and you can be sort of pull, push up like in a diagonal pattern. Um, and you have to stop your body twisting and rotating to be able to do it effectively and well. So you, you get in, you, you know, you're pushing like a like a press up or a bench press, and you get in the core exercise, core movement, and working at the same time. So pretty good. Um, so I do that, you know, two to three times a week, depending on the time of year and what the training you've got. Um, I have done, and I know that people do do kind of standalone, in inverted commas, core sessions. And they're quite, they can be quite good if you've got like an additional need. You can do that three to five times a week without it really affecting or negatively affecting your other training. And you could probably do that in you know, 15 to 20 minutes. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need a kind of a specific special warm-up on its own. So you can, you can nip that in either before a ride or um, on, a, on a down day and it's not going to kill you. Fantastic, mate. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. And, yeah. uh, I guess there's another question that's going to arise is that do you need to do these at a gym? Is gym access necessary? No, I mean, the beauty of it, again, is that most core movements, I mean, think about, you know, planks, um, these dead bugs that I've talked about before, pallet presses, they can be done with really, really limited equipment, uh, like a band, or you just need the, you know, your own body weight on the floor. So you can do majority of them at home or anywhere, hotel room or whatever. So, Scott, you mentioned uh, resistance bands. Is there any other uh, equipment that people might need? Uh, resistance bands are the, are the main ones. Um, things like uh, TRX is quite popular, or gymnastic rings. You can do a lot of core movements on them, where you kind of uh, having to hold your body against the kind of instability of the uh, of the rings or the TRX. And then again, you can bring used bars, dumbbells, uh, medicine balls, uh, anything really that you can think of fantastic and can you give us an idea of what sort of movements people should do um <laughs> it's, it's like anything you can you can once you've got the, the the thing is to get the basic principles down so when we talk about um core training we talk about a, a technique called drawing in um which is which is kind of like pulling your belly button in towards your spine so if you do pilates you'll be kind of well versed in that um so pulling in, tightening everything up, making sure your glutes are engaged so you're actually using your hips and doing the opposite of that anterior pelvic tuck we just talked about before, which is obviously a posterior pelvic tuck, which is kind of bringing your pubic bone up towards your belly button, tucking your tailbone down towards the floor and just flattening off your pelvis. If you can do that and then you can hold that you know, through the basic moves, um, then you can, you're free, you can use your imagination. <laughs> um, you can bring in another kit. You could, you know, you can do a, a plank where you're kind of walking your hands up and down off a step. Um, you can do the same with your feet. You know, you can rotate and twist. 
you, you know, anything you can think of really, as long as you are holding the posture and holding your core in a stable position, you know, you're, you're limited only by your imagination. Fantastic. And uh, so do you have a, a go-to routine, maybe five key moves that, uh, that you would recommend? Uh, kind of, yeah. Uh, not, not five key moves, but as we talked about, the, the three um, planes of movement that we talked about before. So I tend to have one exercise, my kind of go-to exercise for, a, for each movement plane. So we're talking about the, the sagittal plane, the, the, the front back. So uh, as we said before, a lot of people um, use planks. Um, I don't like them very much, especially for beginners, because people tend to fall into that anterior pelvic tilt um, and, they, and they hang off the, muscle, the muscles or the, the ligaments of the lower back. They can hold the plank for quite a period of time, but they aren't working effectively and it can lead to kind of further back pain. So my favorite exercise is what's called a dead bug. Um, so that's kind of lying on your back in a, in a sit-up type position, drawing in, pulling your lower back into the, into the mat or the floor. And then one at a time, you're going to try and extend one leg and also extend your opposing arm above your head, bring everything back to the center, and then do the same with the uh, opposite sides. So that's a really, really good, you know, it kind of fulfills all the objectives. You're holding the trunk nice and still, pushing my lower back into the mat while my arms and legs are kind of moving around it. And I've got to control that movement without losing the posture. And once you've got that, then you can do with a kind of more advanced exercises like planks, like rollouts, um, other things like that, you know. My second movement would be the uh, anti-rotation. So it's the pal-off press that we, we mentioned earlier on. And again, once you've got the, the basic kind of movement down, you can progress that into some kind of twisting and rotational type work. You know, again, use your imagination. You can use bands, you can use other things. You can start in a different position. Um, so again, that's really kind of versatile and, and works well. And my final one is that anti-lateral flexion, that side-to-side -side movement, which is the side plank. And again, once you've got the basic side plank down, um, you can use your imagination. So you know you can you can side plank. You can you can put your top foot on a bench and bring it up. So you really work your groin as well. You can separate your legs. So you really work your your um, your glutes and your abductors. You can pull a band while you're holding a side plank. So you kind of get some body and postural work in there. You can do that from different directions, etc., etc., etc. So yeah. Um, three basic exercises there which which kind of lead into a lot of other different things fantastic thank you very much and uh, uh let's talk then uh, about uh, some uh, top core training tips and uh, last time i uh, challenged you to to think of five uh, for our injury prevention you nailed it so you set the bar high last time scott so what, <laughs> what would your what would your top tips be uh, well my tip number one is um, like like anything you do, right? Whether it be riding or gym work or anything, start easy and then master the basics and then progress. Um, you get so many people like you know just diving in with a plank and can you hold a plank for ten minutes? And um, it often causes more problems than it solves. So start easy, progress gradually. Uh, tip number two is uh, learn good breathing techniques. So we haven't really talked about that. 
so you use what I, you know, I coach what's called diaphragmatic breathing, and it's what they're probably coaching Pilates as well, which is which is essentially exhaling on the on the uh, exertion, the difficult part of the exercise. So if we talked about the dead bug earlier on, as you extend your arm and leg, you're increasing the leverage, you're making it more difficult for your trunk to hold that position. That's when you need to kind of breathe out and breathe out from kind of below your diaphragm, like a belly breath. Um, don't hold the tension in your chest, um, which is the opposite to how I'd coach breathing techniques when you, you know, let's say doing a squat or a deadlift, for example, when I sort of think about breathing in and holding it and bracing while you're doing the movement. Breathing for the core exercises is different. Exhale as on the exertion. So breathing is my top tip number two. Number three um, is more doesn't mean better. Concentrate on quality over quantity. So working on the technique and, and really engaging your core in a movement is better than just sort of just mindlessly blasting out the reps and not really thinking about what you're doing. So core is kind of, it's definitely a how you do it, not what you do type of thing. So, yeah, concentrate on um, quality over quantity. Uh, number four is, uh, and this is the same for sort of general strength training anyway, is progress one thing at a time. So typically I either progress the number of reps of an exercise, you know, over time, or I make, them ex I make the exercise more difficult. And I wouldn't do both at the same time. So just think about one, and then you'll really understand, are you getting better? And my final tip is integrate high and low load exercises. So make sure you're doing the specific low load Pilates type core exercises, as well as the higher load squats, lunges, deadlifts, etc., to get a good rounded finished product, if you like. So they're my five top tips. And they were very good, mate. Well done. And uh, well, you're in for it next time, aren't you? On our next podcast together, it's going to be very hard to beat that. <laughs> but we have got a uh, an even bigger challenge for our listeners uh, because now we are actually going to set up our... Uh, uh, well, I don't even know what to call it because I've left this to you. Um, so I guess, Scott, I'll hand over for you to, to give some details on what the challenge looks like. Well, it's going to be ingeniously titled the 30-Day Core Challenge. Because it's going to be a core <laughs> challenge. It's going to last 30 days. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to, as I said before, you can do it five days a week. So we're going to set a challenge every day a week for five for five days but we're going to do that for, for 30 days in total and there are going to be three movements so the, we're going to start off with the three movements I mentioned earlier on a dead bug a pal off press and a side plank we'll slowly progress them and we'll, um, we'll, we'll we'll do like a little PDF or a little picture put it on the Facebook group follow along and let us know how you feel at the end Yes, yeah, so listeners, this one is going to be exclusive to our Facebook group because uh, we need to obviously make sure that we give you enough information as possible and support you on this. It's not something that we feel confident uh, just uh, just giving you a, a go-to to, to do on your own, really. So come join in the, the Facebook group. That is uh, the Spokes Performance Training Advice Group where we have a lot of fun and it's not just about... Uh, um, training we, we do have uh, uh, some great uh, challenges some giveaways and uh, everything else it's uh, a great place to be uh, come for the come for the content and stay for the the camaraderie is what we usually say so <laughs> on that note Scott that is it it's uh, been a pleasure again mate as usual mate an absolute pleasure so I hope I didn't uh, ramble on too much 
no absolutely i can uh, i i love listening to you it's a it's a great uh, it's a great you, you are a great addition to our, our spokes expert panel and i'm i'm thoroughly grateful to have you with us um we'll get you everywhere. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. i'll take uh, I'll, I'll take my uh, payment in the form of cash please scott <laughs> uh listeners Thank you very much for, for joining us. As ever, if you've uh, liked this podcast, please make, please make sure you, you share this with your friends. Leave us a review. Uh, and uh, definitely, definitely, if you're not already, please do subscribe. Um, we've got some great content coming up. We'll have Scott back. Uh, we'll have our resident mental fitness expert, Alan Heary, uh, along at a point, uh, another point too, to talk about motivation and what happens when things go wrong. Uh, we've, we'll have loads of different uh, uh, cycling celebrities celebrities and experts to do that so make sure you subscribe if you haven't already thank you very much scott absolute pleasure mate uh my name is pav brian i'm performance director and co-founder here at spokes you've been listening to be spoked 